Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. This week we are covering season two, episode two, The Frankel Footage. All right. This one was pretty great, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> uh, it's hard to just watch one and stop. <laughs> I know. Welcome to the challenge. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> whether you like it or not. No. Um, yeah, this one I thought was a... a a really good follow-up to the to the premiere episode. A lot of information came out, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of yeah, little strings that are just, you know, the, the story is expanding. We're trying to figure out what has everybody actually been up to this whole time. There's, yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it was definitely a, a fun and interesting episode. Um, lots of things moving the plot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of interaction in in the episode with with some of the characters um so i am really interested to to take um a deeper look into it this week are you are you ready to go ahead and jump into your top five sounds like we both like the episode (laughs) so before we before we start talking about our top five let's just talk about our top five so take why don't you go ahead and get us started um what's your number five this week my number five i picked lila and yeah because again i i She's got these kind of skills that are kind of running a little bit under the radar where you're like, what, what does she know? Because, you know, I, I want to know a little bit more about her background and her mm-hmm. backstory, because it seems like there was some legitimate reason that she ended up in this insane asylum, because she's even yes. worried about, oh, maybe I really am crazy. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten out of there. Maybe I need to be there. Right. You know? That was kind of sad, wasn't yeah. it? And she was in the closet and talking to Diego and... Mm-hmm you know, really worried that she was going like back to that place again. And I, I mean, like, like in her head, not like physically to the hospital, but yeah, yeah I'm but sad. It's, it's, it's rough on her. Cause, but I think, you know, time travel and videos from the future would be hard on anybody. <laughs> so yes, no matter what your mental state has been at any point in your life. Uh, but again, it's like these little skills that she has. I mean, she easily hotwired that car. She uh-huh. shows, I mean, she kind of in the face of danger, or certain situations, like she's pretty cool, calm and collected. So she still just continues to be this like enigma that I really want to figure out. Yeah, I can't wait to see more of her for sure. She's intriguing. Um, mis- at this point, she's very mysterious, resourceful um, that she's like, hey, you know, hey, we need a car. Let's just take this one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it was funny. She she busts the window, and 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 he's like, um, "This one was wrote down. You didn't even yeah. know, you didn't even have to do that." Um, uh, and then yeah, she can hotwire a car. I mean, that's not a skill everyone has. Although I've mm-hmm. always wanted to learn. I, I mm-hmm. don't even know that she's full with today's cars, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking to steal a car. That sounds terrible. I've just always like like practice on my own car or something. Yeah. You know, um, what's a skill to have if you it. have like an old car that doesn't want to start most of the time? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know people that have had to do that. Like their mm-hmm. their cars, you know. I, I I have many friends who've you know just had old clunkers, you know, and and they've had to hotwire their own cars before. That's legit how they had to start their car. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know sometimes you just have to know that. Um, so yeah, I've always thought that'd be a useful skill to have in a pinch. Yes. Um, so yeah, she's. Um, 
I think she handled a lot of the like a lot of what she was seeing. I think she was definitely like kind of freaked out, but I think she she was handling it pretty well. And I think even though she was worried about spiraling again, you know, she's like, if if I start seeing things again, you know, they're gonna lock me back up, or they're gonna, you know, maybe I should have never left, and made me feel really sad for her. Yeah. Um, Diego you know. handled it really well. I think his conversation yeah. with her, even though. Without any context, that conversation sounds so weird. You know, it's yogurt. <laughs> this whole situation is just yogurt. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, it was nice because um, it's nice to see that softer side of Diego come out sometimes. Yeah, you know, because he's he always seems um, you know just straight ready for action and you know doesn't have a lot of time for the soft stuff but it was really nice because you know i think he probably does you know see her as a friend yeah um you know they're a good like so. combination they're a good duo i don't know if i would say couple who knows maybe it will go in that direction at some point in this series uh, mm-hmm. or this season but but i was right. right now just like the friendship i think they they balance each other really well but also mm-hmm. they match each other in ways to where like you were definitely going to get some craziness out of it because they're both very impulsive and you know act before thinking a lot of the time and so <laughs> yeah i think they make an interesting duo that's for mm-hmm. sure um and they, in, in their in their personalities yeah and their banter is always fun i loved when they're sitting in the car kind of staking out the the building before five shows up and you know they have a little argument or kind of this little disagreement and stuff and you know, he mm-hmm. said, you know you don't know anything about me and her response is, I know everything about you. You are an open book written for very dumb children. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that she challenges him yeah. and doesn't seem intimidated by him at all. Diego's a badass. Yeah. And, you know, just the looks that he can give you just like, ooh, can make you kind of shrink a little bit. But yeah. she doesn't seem intimidated by him at all. She's like, I know who you are. You don't scare me, um, you know, at all. And she just yeah. kind of gives it right back to him, you know, when he tries to intimidate her and she doesn't allow that. And I, I love that. I think they they play off of each other nicely. Yes, definitely. Yep. That's good. Yep. Looking forward to seeing more of Lila. So oh, I yeah. like that. Good number five. Um, well, my number five, we're a little out of sync this week peg but i think that's okay because i think we're going to cover you know so many things in our top five that we're just going to be able to talk about everything Mm -hmm. so i'm just i'm going to go straight um to a a big part of this episode and that's you know a big question mark around this because i i don't think that i really believe it but reginald hargreaves was the second shooter or (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I don't know question mark question mark question mark (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it was that's so crazy that you know when hazel slips you know i remember seeing him slip something into number five's pocket in the first episode and i remember thinking well what's that and you know that's probably going to come back around a little bit and then we we see that um get developed and it turns out there's you know other footage you know to this jfk assassination which i don't know if this is in addition to or takes place because the name of the episode is called the frankel footage mm-hmm. and i think that kind of plays off of um the zapruder it, oh god i'm probably going to pronounce it the wrong zapruder um film um the the famous uh film that that shows that you know when jfk was shot yeah. um you know during that um parade um 
I, I, I like I said, I don't know if that's in addition to because there was always rumors that there was other footage out there, right? I mean, yeah. you, you hear so many conspiracy theories about all the, <laughs> you know, all this footage, you know, that was never found, or you know, people have it and it's been destroyed, or people have it and it's been put up in someone's attic and then it's discovered, you know, years later. But anyway. Yeah. You know, we get this new footage and, you know, number five is able to identify their friggin' dad, you know, Daddy Hargreaves, <laughs> on the grassy knoll the day that JFK was shot during the parade with his umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I'm just was like, OK, I didn't think I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. He's kind of come back into the picture. I mean, their their dad was such a mysterious figure yeah. um, in season one. We, we, we knew so little about him. The only pretty much about the only takeaway or at least the biggest takeaway that I had from him when we covered season one was he was like such an asshole <laughs> to his kids I felt and I was like is this really what this guy's about I feel like there was more to it than that but thought he treated his children very despicably at least from what we saw maybe there's more to the story maybe there's more we haven't seen or more we don't know but um that was my biggest takeaway so now he's somehow involved in 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 this you know one of the biggest um tragedies you know of the united states was the assassination of the president um kennedy and he's somehow involved so what's your take on all of that do you have thoughts i'm Ah. sure that you did yeah i don't know um because it doesn't show a whole lot so whether he's like how involved or if he just happened to be there or there's not yeah there's not really any telling and it's yeah, so but it definitely was really cool for Five and Diego to see him and be like, um, <laughs> this, this really <laughs> switches things up in our like whole plan here. We've got to figure out what what his role in in this is, which it's crazy they just come across that random footage because yeah, like you were talking about that the Frankel footage because what it seemed to me was just yeah like a home video kind of thing of this like elderly couple who happened to be like mm-hmm. at the park over there and then Noel, which I've been over there, it's. A nice park, nice area. <laughs> wow. But I think that's so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was just kind of this random footage that happened, you know, the this home video that was taken at the same time and you just happened to see Hargreaves there, which is why Hazel made sure to get it to five is there's gotta be some importance to it for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like he wanted him to see that for whatever reason. Um and and it seems like he he knew about it and had intended to show it to him in some form or give it to him in some form and maybe explain, give a little bit of explanation behind it maybe. But then poor Hazel, mm-hmm. RIP. Um, Man, it still hurts. So, <laughs> still hurts. I know, still still too soon. I t- started to mention it. And I was like, oh, oh, felt this little pang in my heart. Um, I'm still hoping, hoping because there's so much time travel, I feel like, no one's ever really dead for long. So I'm, I'm hoping, hoping somehow, you know, that will somehow be turned around or prevented. There's always some way. There's always some way when there's time travel. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. just no rules, right? I mean, they just kind of throw all the rules out the window. (laughs) So, um, okay. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's my number five. I just wanted to get straight to it. Cause I was like, Holy crap. Didn't know we were going to get him, you know, back, which I shouldn't have been surprised, but I kind of was, I was just kind of like, I don't know. He just turned me off so bad um, with how despicable he was to the kids, you know, like when they were little, he couldn't even give them names. He gives them numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which that's another random tangent, I guess, because I know, I know Grace, their mom for them was the one that gave them names. I do. Mm-hmm. I still question why is five still just five? Like, did he not want a name or what was, <laughs> they haven't gone into that. So that's a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm, 
might have to go back. I don't remember if they talked about that. I don't know I if remember. it was. Was he gone before Grace gave them names? I don't think so, but but I guess the only time we see him right before Five leaves, before he travels and can't come back, is they're all sitting around that dinner table. And of course, it's Reginald sitting there with him, so he's calling them by number, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. have to go back, and, and, and maybe not, but yeah, I don't know if it was, maybe he just preferred it. I don't know. I don't know. All right. What's your number four? My number four is number one, Luther. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) And just, yeah, what's going on with Luther? We do find out he's confirmed that his role with, with Mr. Kirby is a body man is what he calls it, which I guess is like a bodyguard or kind of a, you know, personal muscle. Right. Yep, that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so then you know he we we first see him picking up kind of right where he left off last week with five and five asking him what's wrong with you? I just told you the world's going to end in ten days. He goes, yeah, well, you're always saying that. <laughs> so, I thought that yeah. was a fun line. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of over it. He's just, you know whatever's happening. But then you know he finds out that you know five mentions that he's come back to. You know, all the siblings have come back in different times. And then he was just like, well, I don't want to deal with Vanya. And he kind of still holds this this distrust and everything against Vanya. He's like, yeah, she's probably the reason the apocalypse is happening again. Like, <laughs> so there's still a lot of, of bad blood and distrust and, and anger towards Vanya, or at least the whole situation, how everything happened. And part of it is we find out when they, he meets back up with her is the way he realizes the way he handled things were, was not the best you know form of action at all mm-hmm. yeah all the siblings definitely have such a complicated relationship mm-hmm. and just the circumstances of their you know how they became siblings you know when hargreaves adopts them you know and how they were raised and you know have these powers and um you know just kind of everything that came out of that um is is interesting to see um yeah i i'm liking luther a little bit more um you know this this season the the first season i i don't think that i i hated him but i know that the whole thing with him and allison was a little bit of a turnoff for me Mm -hmm. i wasn't really comfortable seeing him and allison together just because they were i know they're not blood related but they were raised yeah it is still a little weird so it's just yeah. a little but you know they I even had know. that kind of spark and that connection when they were kids which again yeah it's kind of weird but i guess the way that they were raised it was never really like a nuclear family anyway they were treated like roommates more than siblings in a lot of ways so right i don't know <laughs> i know i know i i i i'm kind of on the fence it just it was a little bit like oh I- I don't know, just because they were supposed to be raised as siblings and they yeah. grew up in the same house. But I mean, I don't know. I guess people can grow up together in an orphanage and, you know, that wouldn't be weird if they, you know, grew up and ended up having feelings for each other or something or, you know, um, it, it just, you know, because that's almost how it kind of felt. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was kind of more like a not an orphanage because they kind of had parents. I mean, technically they had an adopted father. They had some sort of 
robot mom, yeah. whatever you want to call uh-huh. Great. So sort of like a mother figure. Um, so I don't know. That was really my only issue with, with that was just trying to reconcile that, oh, they were like raised as siblings. So I don't know. It just felt a little incestuous was all. Yeah, I totally get that. A, a flavor of, of incest was all. It was, you know, um, but, you know, other than that, you know. Yeah, which will be interesting to see how he reacts if whenever he meets up with anybody else. Because it seems like Five and then Vanya are the first interactions he's had with any of his siblings since being back here in the 60s. So, Yeah. Yeah, so Five and Luther have met and interacted. Um, Luther has discovered Vanya. Mm-hmm. And then Five and Diego um, have met up, and I think that's about it right now. Yeah, that's actually, um, that's in my top five, as well as that the siblings are finding each other. Cool, so we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I was already kind of talking about it, kind of going through my head and, and their interactions, and, you know, everybody being separated, everybody was dropped into, they were all in the 60s, but they were all dropped in at diff- either different years or different times. None of them all landed, you know, together at the same time. And they've all been alone and just kind of finding their way and, you know, trying to figure figure it out while they're all alone in that time without each other. Um, so, yeah, Luther finds Vanya by accident when he finds um, that wallet yeah. and sees sees Vanya. And I, I was wrong. I'll, I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I said last week that I didn't quite buy that Vanya, you know, was, you know, I thought she was kind of faking her amnesia. Yeah. Oh, I was fully but, convinced um, that it was made up so she could start a new life yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it it seems really plausible like she maybe wanted a fresh start and to kind of forget you know um on even if it was you know pretending to forget you know everything that had transpired before um would have made sense to me yeah. um but you know and i wasn't still even that convinced when she spots him you know because she kind of uh, sees him when she's in the car yeah. Um, and sees him and she kind of makes eye contact and then she just kind of looks away and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I yeah. don't think, <laughs> she, is she just pretending to not recognize him? I was like, that's still pretty, that's a, that's a bold sticking to the pretending at that point because that's like the yeah. sibling who wronged her the most, who she had the biggest issue with and that's pretty great exactly. acting and great choices. She can look at him and go, oh, I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I was still so convinced that she was faking it that I was like, oh, I don't know. I <laughs> I mean, is she not? Where am I at on this? I, I was still really confused until he confronts her um, later. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's interesting because we're finally, you know, because you know they're going to have to meet up eventually we know it kind of happens anyway because they all we see in the first episode they're all together yeah you know when when five drops in so we know eventually they're all going to have to find each other it's just kind of a matter of, of when and and the timing of all of that happening and i like that it's not just happening you know right away um and i like that it's kind of slow like um you know how luther finds vanya um, confronts her later, which I, I'm going to talk more about. And then Allison learns Klaus is still around. And in fact, yeah. Klaus met her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> and we find out a little bit more about Klaus too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we're, we're getting somewhere. Um, and it seems like 
at least I would expect in the next episode, Allison's probably going to go find Klaus. I would hope um, so. Yeah. yeah. She's asking that guy, you know, you know, and what's, what's, what's his name, you know? Uh, and, and so I'm sure she'll be finding her way to him really soon and, and we'll get them interacting and slowly, but surely hopefully get um, everyone together so we can start figuring out um, what's going on. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. What is your number three? All right. So that was your number four was kind of more the connections of the siblings. Yes. All right. My number three, I also had Reginald Hargreaves, um, which there's a few other things I guess we could talk about still is not just that he was included or involved in that Frankel footage thing, but his interaction with Diego at the very end of the episode. I'm sure we can still talk yeah. about that. So yeah, they Diego and five after seeing the footage look through, you know, the phone book to try to find him and his name isn't in there, but the company, the DS umbrella company is still listed mm -hmm. in there so they can go find this business address and they go in there and they look around and it looks really creepy because there's just these like mannequin family setups and different scenes and everything's super dusty. And I think my theory on that, of course, is I think it's all part of him raising and teaching Pogo about human life. And cause I think, I think that's what it seemed to be was when five finds Pogo is he's set up in like in one of these rooms, almost like it's a classroom or learning about things. I don't know. What was your take on yeah, that? I, even on my second watch, I was still kind of struggling. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like what you're saying is, is where I'm kind of leaning as well that it seemed like classroom setups and, and, you know, teaching Pogo how to interact yeah. with people. It, Cause it seemed like a, 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 like school type setting or something. Yeah. And when five meets up with Pogo, Pogo still, at least not that we see, doesn't have any kind of English or, you know, interaction. Right. Of course, Pogo is also scared. So maybe he kind of is, he's still very young. So he's just reverting back to this animalistic scratch at him and, and flee. Yeah. After five knows his name. And <laughs> yeah. He was so darn cute, he though. When he would come out of the corner, little baby. I don't know how much of a baby he was. He didn't look like a really tiny chimp, but, you know, I'm mm -hmm. I'm calling him baby call Pogo. Him baby he Pogo. Was, yeah, so darn cute. And, um, he, yeah, like you said, he's not quite – this is actually my number three, um, baby, baby Pogo, not Hargreaves. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's not yet quite the father figure that the kids had growing up. So I'm guessing he hasn't had his – like genetic conditioning or, or whatever, um, yet. Cause I'm pretty sure, mm -hmm. you know, Hargraves had something to do with, you know, how, you know, he can talk and he can function and he's like super smart, yeah. um, which chimps are, are smart, but, um, you know, that he hasn't had any of that yet. And I, I liked that number five, you know, he's not the most sentimental, mm -hmm. you know, number five, he's, you know, very straight up and, you know, tells it like it is and it doesn't seem to be very sentimental like some of the other siblings can be. Um, so I thought it was really touching when he saw him, when he saw Pogo, um, <laughs> you know, um, he really seemed to, you know, have some good memories of him and yeah. cared for him when he saw that. So, so yeah, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And then Reginald fighting Diego at the end, which at first I was like, Diego, why are you trying to kill your dad? That seems like in the, in the the like scheme of time travel and everything, that's still probably a really bad idea. But then he did, I don't think he realized it was him until he saw him kind of out of the shadows. Cause that's when he has that moment. He's, 
dad and then Reginald stabs him and gets away which yeah <laughs> I, I had a hard time with that kind of because I thought come on he that's why he you followed him clearly right? <laughs> looks like your dad yeah. I mean the hat the trench coat that distinctive mustache mm-hmm. I mean it you know um so for him to be kind of surprised there at the end was like oh come on right. man um but yeah which Diego, that's not so, a great spot for him to be left at at the end. I was just like, but he'll be fine, right? 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 But of course, of course. <laughs> I don't think the show would pull it out on us that way. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. But yeah, that's so great. Jeff, Jason may have Baby Yoda on the Mandalorian podcast, but we have Baby Pogo now. So. Baby Pogo. Nobody ah. can take. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. No, he's adorable. Um, and I, I, I like him fun without talking. I thought he was super sweet. Uh-huh. Um, I love monkeys, chimps. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm supposed to call him a monkey. I think they're chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. Um, be correct. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a really good. <laughs> right. Oh, I'll get it right one day. <clears throat> that was a good number three. Did you have anything else I you want to say? It, other than just, I, I wrote down that when Five is looking through the building and he picks up that invitation, I wrote down what that invitation said. I don't know what importance it has, but mm-hmm. it says, Mr. Hoyt Hillencoder and the Consulate General of Mexico in Dallas cordially invite you to a gala to be held at the Mexican Consulate on Monday, the 18th of November, 1963 at five o'clock. Whatever that means, I don't know, but it stuck out to me enough to where I was like, well, let me jot that down. <laughs> I think I'll have a little bit more to talk about that in my notes. I have right. a few Easter eggs. Cool, cool. That I found without um, spoiling myself. It's going to be another you figuring out that, that Kirby meant something when it went over my head, which I should know that. I This, this stuff should be no. closer to home for me. I should know this stuff. But. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so embarrassed that it took a minute to like hear Jack Ruby. And when you said, Are you like, Ruby, wait a Kirby. minute. I'm, Jack Kirby is the comic no, artist. Knew- yeah, Ruby, yeah. Ruby. You said it, and I knew exactly yeah. what you meant. Pake yeah. got the shorthand going. We're good, man. I knew exactly where you were at. Um, <laughs> Let's see if I can get my no, brain back I, on the right, right track on that one. I have keep saying Kirby this whole time. Damn. Yeah, Ruby. Well, Jack Ruby. I know where you're at. I knew yeah. exactly who you meant. But yeah, I was, like I said, I, I I feel like I read so much. Like I was just upset. Like I said, JFK was always one of my favorite presidents and just learning everything about him and um, reading so much and, and watching the footage and, you know, reading all the conspiracy theories and just really, you know, over the years, just diving into that. And the fact that Jack, the name Jack Ruby, um, it went right over my head. <laughs> so embarrassing uh-huh. <laughs> because it's like, are you kidding me? That's one of the biggest names in in like the whole story. Uh, you know, because he killed Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. and it's like, gosh, you dumb dumb. <laughs> um, my brain is fried in this whole pandemic. It's just yeah. not my brain's not mm-hmm. doing well. And all, I'm <laughs> telling you, my memory sucks. But anyway, I, I was totally right there with you. Um, 
But anyway, that was that was a really great number three. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more. And, and I think I've got a few things in my notes. So cool. we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and my number three was Baby Pogo. And I I, I think we've talked um, or at least covered um, all my notes with him. So do you want to go ahead and talk about your number two? All right. My number two, which I think I'm, I'm I think we're back on sync because I think I'm stealing from you again because you mentioned you're going to talk about go it later it, man. is Vanya Take it. and kind of her now caught between old family and new family, the Coopers and the Hargreaves and where Mm -hmm. she's at, you know, she goes to pick up Carl at the bar and that's when she sees Luther, even though, you know, like we talked about, she didn't seem to recognize him and we still weren't sure what that meant. But then, yeah, when they they meet back up at the barn, it pretty much does confirm that, Oh, maybe we were wrong. Like this amnesia does seem to be for real. She does not remember because she's kind of freaking out as of you know what did i do did i do something bad did i do something to you and then it's kind of like oh you know you did something to me what is i don't know i wish yeah. i could know <laughs> i know that that I, I kind of almost gasped when mm-hmm. she's like or oh, you did you did something to me you know um i was like oh shit yeah yeah, yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was very but but yeah so she's found herself in this this family situation i thought it was is really cool. We do see a little bit more about Harlan is the name of the little boy. Yeah. And, you know, cause we were kind of speculating and wondering what was going on. And I think it really becomes more clear in this episode that I, I will make the assumption that, yeah, he seems to be on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. which explains, you know, his, his mom asking about episodes and stuff like that. And he seems to be very like nonverbal and there's these certain things that kind of make him tick. And then, you know, he, he kind of goes into these little episodes and, that's normal. That's that's the work that I'm I'm in is I work with special needs and I've I've worked with kids with autism in schools and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of those I don't want to say symptoms, but you know, it's kinda of, you know, you see a lot of those those behaviors and those actions and right. Yeah. So I understand, which then it makes me love Vanya just a little bit more to see her relationship and connection to this child because that's really yeah. special. <laughs> it is special. Well, and I was I was curious as to what your if you thought that um, because I mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of personal experience myself, um, and there's a lot I don't know or don't understand, so I I wasn't comfortable making any kinds of assumptions. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. I was like, well, I wonder if he's autistic. Yeah, um, I believe so. But I I don't know enough about it, and I wondered if you had thought that because I know that you do that you do work um, with special needs um, children, and yeah. it takes a really special person for that so it's very admirable number one of you um you know because not everyone is is made out you know or cut to to do that kind of work it does take special people so i commend you for that work um and then yeah vanya you know seems to have quite a connection um and, and him with her yeah um you know he feels you know that I mean, I think just from what little I know, it's not easy for for children on the spectrum to build relationships or, you know, connect yeah. with someone like outside their family or, a lot of or their teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's difficult for them, you know, to connect with with people that they don't know very well. It kind of takes time, and it seems Bonnie's only been with them for like a month, I believe. Um, <laughs> Sissy said, so that's really special that she was able to connect with him in a short time. That he trusts her. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and have a nice relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's become very clear that she has been a significant help to the Cooper family in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, Sissy tells her, you know, don't take this wrong. 
but I wish I'd run you over years ago. And she just smiles <laughs> at that. And, you know, it's <laughs> well, I mean, it's, 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 cha- it can be challenging. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, if she's able to, you know, maybe be able to go to the grocery store without having to worry about, you know, if, if she, you know, can take him out and if he's not having maybe a good day or something yeah. or, you yeah. know, and just gives her a little bit of, you know, even just being able to get out for just a, a minute, um, and not have to worry about him. Um, you know, I don't know that, that that was very well understood in the sixties. Yeah. You know, definitely so, not like it is today for sure. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't imagine it was, it was, you know, easy to find anyone that could help, you know, what kind of, you know, help there was, you know, to find for, for children with special needs, finding teachers or people that can help, you know, care, you know, for your children. So you, you, you can learn how to deal with it. It seems like Sissy's done a really great job. She, yeah. you know, seems to handle it, but it is a lot of work and can be challenging. It's, it's still rewarding. But, um, you know, can, can be challenging because you can't just go have a date night, you know, and you, you have to make sure there's someone that understands your, your child and can care for your child appropriately. And that's someone that your child trusts. You can't just leave them with anyone, right? Yeah. So, and that's true in any case. Yeah. I mean, not just children with special needs. I wouldn't <laughs> advise leaving yeah. your children with just, with just anyone. Don't just <laughs> dump them off on anyone's door. And, you know? <laughs> Don't recommend doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, but with yeah. The, the amnesia kind of thing, I think the show was purposely trying to make you question it and pulling you in different directions because even before they had confirmed it, she has this little conversation with, with Carl after she picks him up off the ground and puts him in the car where he says to her, you know, he says, you are lucky. You can be anyone you want while we're stuck here being the people we have to be. And so it kind of made me, you know, still digging into that where I'm speculating like, oh, that's exactly what she's doing. She just wants a fresh start because she can be anybody else besides just ordinary number seven. You know, she can do something different. But so I think they're still trying to point you in that direction before they they made the reveal that the amnesia was real. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they made that clear now yeah. um, since I, I felt like they did kind of leave it open ended. Um, at least for me, maybe other yeah. people, you know, were like, oh, no, we're, we're convinced and we see it and you're just a ding dong. <laughs> but um, for me, it was, you know, I was on the fence but, yeah. or, well, sorry, no, I'll say it. I was just completely convinced oh, yeah. that she was faking oh. it, but they, they left it. Um, they, they cleared it up. Yes, she has amnesia. I don't I don't doubt that now. But it looks like her, you know, she's maybe getting some memories back. Yeah. So I think her, slowly. Yeah, I think her interaction with Luther might have actually triggered some stuff because as she's in bed that night, some of the stuff with Luther is starting to kind of come back to her. So that's going to be a full blown nightmare whenever she does remember everything that happened. I think if that does happen, that's a lot of heavy stuff to come back to her. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they got some, they got some issues to work out. <laughs> <laughs> this whole family. Uh-huh. But that's what makes it so fun. That's what made it so fun in the beginning and in season one. And I'm sure you enjoyed it too. Um, was just the whole dysfunction of yeah. the family. I mean, it, some parts are kind of sad when you see the sadness that it brings to some of them, but at the same time, it's kind of fun, you know, at the same time to see, you know, how they're all kind of just, you know, how, how it's affected them um, and how they're just so messed up with each other. Um, so, and I'm glad we still have some of that. They're still kind of infusing 
season two a little bit with some of that. Um, so they're still keeping it fun and still keeping it light, but, you know, kind of digging into some of the drama too, mm-hmm. um, and making, making it interesting. So that was awesome. That was your number two, right? Number two. Awesome. Uh, my number two, we talked about it a little bit already. I looked through my notes to see if I have anything to add to it was when Diego was fighting his father. And all okay. I could think was how weird would that be to to be fighting <laughs> your dad, like a younger version of, of you or, mm-hmm. or your dad and you're yeah. fighting them. And, you know, I. And he's not pulling any punches because he has no idea who you are. <laughs> Right. Yeah. He doesn't know. I mean, he, the kids weren't even born yet. He didn't mm-hmm. know anything about them yet. He he doesn't have, or at least as far as I know, doesn't have any idea that's going to happen yet. I don't know if Hargreaves was, had the ability to time hop or what he knew. Oh, yeah. He yeah we know, anything, but... What Hargreaves is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want time travel. <laughs> right. And I mean, like I've said before, Hargreaves, to me, anyway, was a, a total piece of crap in mm-hmm. season one. I mean, until someone convinces me otherwise, until they can show me, I mean, I don't know, I haven't read the comics and I don't know. And I, I don't know, honestly, how, how closely they're sticking to the comics and stuff. So I don't even know if that would be helpful to know how he was in the comics. But um, to me, he was, you know, piece of crap in season one, especially to his kids. Um, but I don't think he would actually fight and stab his son. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I don't think so. But again, yeah, yeah. the the piece so, of work that we see as Reginald Hargreaves in season one, who knows? <laughs> I know. I don't want to think that because I mean, even five was like, you know, because Luther's like, or sorry, um, not Luther, um, but Diego's like, well, he was standing right there on the on the grassy knoll. He he assassinated the president. He had something to do with it. He signaled it, you know, something he was there and he was complicit. Um, and five was like, you know dad was a lot of things but you know an assassin of the president you know because even mm-hmm. five's not buying that so you know i have to believe that you know he he's a, he was a harsh man for sure and very harsh with his children um whom you know i mean they were his adopted children as well but they were still under his care and he was supposed to have somewhat cared for them yeah. um i i don't like to think that he would have fought his son the way that he did and then ended up stabbing him, just leaving him for dead. So I have to believe he didn't know that that was his son, Yeah, which he would like, again, he would have no reason to know. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as he knows, Diego's some stranger creeper, someone who needs a haircut, um, (laughs) stalking him on his property or whatever. So, yeah. um, And, and I'm with you. I don't think Diego can be dead. It's way too early, you know, for something like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm saying safe for now. Yeah, there's something so, will, will will happen. Somebody something. somebody will swoop in and, and save him. I mean, five is still around, so five is still around. Um, who knows? Maybe Lila mm-hmm. will figure out where they went. She'll come. <laughs> yeah, take care of him. She seems to be good at helping save his skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in when the need arises, she's resourceful. Who knows? Um, so yeah, that was that was my number two, and I think we covered um, a lot of that. That was the only things that I, I kind of wanted to add to that. But it was um, Hargreaves is a hell of a fighter. He's got some skills. Maybe you know he he certainly kept up with Diego, who was you know he's certainly a badass in his own right. Um, interested to learn. Hopefully, we get a little bit more story, which I think we're going to with, yeah. since he's been brought back into the picture because um, he was such a mystery and, and we didn't know much about him. So hopefully. We'll kind of get to know a little bit more about him because I yeah. was like, well, call it what you want. He is a badass too. 
there's there's a fight. lot uh, yeah there's a lot of mystery behind him and i i haven't read the comics but i have seen some things which i won't talk about on here but mm-hmm. but i mean we do know that there's some deepness because even what in season one there's like a flashback where they show him like clearly like in like 1800s almost it seemed like right so yeah. there's <laughs> there's a little more to him than just being this super rich kind of douchey guy <laughs> yeah yeah i think we're gonna talk about that some more so mm-hmm. what is your number one my number one which maybe will also be yours maybe we did fall back in sync i don't know but i want to talk about the commission yeah and you know we kick off the episode with me going damn it handler is still alive this is some bibbity bobbity bullshit (laughs) (laughs) i thought we would be done with her (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm very interested to see now that she's back of course she comes in and is immediately like demoted by her goldfish boss in darren handler smoking goldfish um. I just I love it. I it's so strange. It reminds me of uh if anyone has watched Legion and specifically like season two of Legion, um you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, this this um AJ is his name, mm-hmm. uh, fish in a bowl on um is it like a robot kind of? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's got his hands he, to smoke and, and make his and gestures. He can, <laughs> he can smoke. The fish can smoke. <laughs> Little smoke rings in his, in his water. Yeah. How's he clean that I out? Love it. You know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> does he have to clean his own fish bowl? <laughs> I don't know. Does he have somebody who has to come in? Does he entrust somebody to take him out of the bowl so they can clean it? Right. <laughs> Put him in a little baggie uh, with some of his water <laughs> off to the side and clean the fish full up with some fresh water in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then but of course I see that and knowing the way that this show is, I'm not even surprised. I was like, so her boss or whatever is a fish with a human body attached to his bolt. Okay, I'll I'll work with it. I'll roll with it. Cool. I'm, Let's go. I'm all in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I'm not even going to question it. It just makes sense. Yeah, let's, let's go with it. So yeah, the handler comes in. She's been demoted. Her boss is now Herb, which she despises. She says, I've like dropped Herb. turds bigger than Herb, which Herb just responds with, someone needs fiber. So he's <laughs> that guy who's going to let everything roll off his back and make a joke about it and drives her crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, she's she's not loving that demotion for sure, which mm-hmm. can't blame her, but yeah but then the other part of my point is not just the the commission there but i think we've now confirmed who to at least some point who who i've mm-hmm. just been referring to as the white-haired psychos but now we have an official name of them the swedes as is sent out their message is sent out it's, it's uh marked to the swedes and yeah because we see you know as, as they're showing up at allison's house with a picture of her, the the picture has the logo of the commission on it. So they've been sent on a mission by them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're like hitmen for the commission at the very least. Because at the beginning, AJ does mention that we do have operatives in the field. So this must be them. Yep, I agree. 
one of the creepy guys is just drinking milk out of a bottle. Was it just milk? Was there something else in it? I couldn't tell with the light. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just likes milk. <laughs> Gotta keep those bones strong to kill uh, people and you know, be an assassin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Th- Oh man, that I'll never get that visual out of my head of the and and they don't have names, so they're they're just the Swedes. But yeah. the one that was standing in the kitchen, he looked like Walter White standing there in his apron and his tidy whiteies. Uh, I was like, <laughs> that's not gonna go out of my head oh, anytime man. soon. They are some strange individuals for sure. <laughs> Very strange. That was a really good um, music. Again, with the music this episode, I don't know what that song was. Um, as as he's in the kitchen in his tidy whities and an apron, and the other two are doing that knife game. Uh-huh. There was like this music playing. There was it was just instrumental. There wasn't any. Okay. I don't remember any yeah. lyrics or anything. But because um, I did, I, I, I just, made some notes of songs that were in the episode, but I didn't get that one because it's just yeah. Yeah, I'd have to, and I, I was trying to look for it. I don't know if anyone was able to to get it or not. Um, but it was a, it was a, like a really catchy tune. Have you ever played that knife game that they were doing? No, I have not. Oh, yeah, I used to play that with my cousins. <laughs> I guess the I point to, is to get it between their feet on the floor, right? You, <laughs> not you in try the leg. To, <laughs> you try not to. Well, and yeah, you don't want to get the foot. Um, mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone stabbed in the leg, although we've been hit in the leg um, and it, it didn't stick, but it would like hit you and then bounce off and everyone deep enough to like stick in, but you would get stabbed. Uh-huh. Um, and I've seen a few of my relatives get stabbed in the foot, mostly superficial. Yeah. Um, you know, no, we don't go to the ER for shit. You, you got to have like a limb cut off or you got to be like dead before anyone in my family will take you to the ER. Um but yeah, I used to play that game with my cousins. We used to get in trouble um, when we were kids. Let me play that. I have all my toes. I have no scars on my feet from that game, and I have all my lips. So I came out unscathed. Most of us did. There were, like I said, superficial wounds uh, for a few of my relatives, um, but we all came out alive. I, can you tell we weren't well supervised? I don't know. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Kids playing with knives. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I have memories of when I was in elementary school and stuff. Me and my one of my best friends, we were big Lord of the Rings nuts. So we would take machetes out to the field behind his house and uh, fight bull nettle like it was orcs. So nice. We've done that. I've been there. <laughs> nice. Got stung by plenty of nettle and even stuck a machete in my shin at one point. So yeah. Holy crap. Okay. <laughs> I've been there. Well, yeah. <laughs> I still have the scar from that one. (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah, I bet. A freaking machete. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm shocked you still have a freaking leg after that. They weren't super sharp. Sharp enough to take down plants. (laughs) Right. Dang. We didn't get the machetes out. We had pocket knives. (laughs) You know, we had mostly like your... your, Gosh, you know, just like your regular pocket knife, you know, mm-hmm. not not the real big. We had access to big knives. I mean, my family is a big gun and knife. I mean, I love, you know, I I have a knife collection. I love knives and always have since I was a kid. Um, and we had access to a lot of. I mean, we had Chinese throwing stars. Ooh. We had all that stuff. We probably, yeah, not a great idea. I can't believe 
we didn't have to send someone to the ER <laughs> or with all the shit we used to get in. I don't know if I had the throwing stars, but me and my friend, me and a friend had a had a blow gun, a dart gun that we had a lot of fun with. No way. Yeah. I didn't have a little NLT. I'm glad we didn't have anything like that. We would have like, <laughs> you know, like tranking everyone, yeah. um, you know, at, you know, somebody's birthday party or something, sneaking <laughs> up and tranking someone in the back of the neck, <laughs> like you see in the movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. yeah. That, we would have gotten into a lot of trouble had we access had access to something like that. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's that's why I really, you know, Diego. I have my issues with him a little bit in season one and stuff, but I always loved his. You know, anytime somebody starts bringing out the knives, I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, I that's I, I love and respect that. I love the the throwing of the knives and you know hitting a target and. You know, like I said, grew up with them and just have my own knife collection. Mm. So there's just something I, cool I, about I that. that. Yeah. Have you gone axe just... throwing? Here's another tangent for you. Yeah, that's I want to do that. That's fun. It's I really fun. <laughs> I think we have a place like that to finally open up around here. I don't know if it's open right now or not with yeah. with everything happening, but um, I need to get some friends together. I think, I think ours is open here locally. I think ours is open back up because you have to like you know in advance like pay for a time slot with you and your friends. So it's not like there's just right. people walking in and out all the time. So that's true. That's true. I guess it makes it a lot easier to handle mm -hmm. the crowds when you have to schedule and they can kind of schedule how many people around. That's a good idea. I think we have one that finally opened up. I'm in a really small town kind of area ish. So it, it takes a little while before things finally get here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by the time they get here, they're not quite as fun or cool anymore. Or they are for us, but the rest of the world's yeah. moved on to something else because we're like the last to get anything um, I have to, i'm gonna have to try that it is um, very fun <laughs> it it sounds fun totally right up my alley i'll yeah. probably do better with a big axe than i would like a small knife <laughs> i feel um no oh gosh we got off on a little bit of a tangent yeah. there that's that's my bad but you were on your number one and i just yeah. totally kind of jumped in did you have more i didn't to say? i really didn't have anything else on it anyway that's kind of what i was talking about was yeah the commission and then the the swedes Awesome. Um, well, my number one, we've talked a little bit about it already, um, just or a little bit, um, kind of touched on it, I should say. One thing I, I just want to kind of talk about that I do find really interesting with this show is we see how complicated relationships can shape people or complicated relationships. Yeah. Did I say that right? Can shape people. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that didn't sound right when it came out. <laughs> How much have I had to drink over here? Um, I'm and still a good on example. One cloth while we're recording, so I don't know. Gosh, that margarita went fast. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but for me, a good example of this, and, and and you you touched on this, is when Luther confronts Fanya, and he he's he shows up with a gun, yeah, and. I mean, we've seen how he felt he was or she was really dangerous before and didn't seem to have a whole lot of sympathy for her at all and really blamed so much on her. Well, I guess especially there at the end with the whole end of the world and mm -hmm. felt like this it was her fault that this happened. But so he's he's got a gun. Um, he's not really sure if she has amnesia or not or if she's pretending mm -hmm. to hide out because of her you know, superpowers and they're almost kind of villain like, I mean, her, her powers are, you know, could be good, but they seem very um, dangerous yeah. um, and unknown. Um, but instead of killing her, he apologizes 
you know, for what yeah. he did to her, you know, when he locks her away instead of trying to help her, help her, you know, work through having these powers, trying to help figure them out and to help her like um, channel them, you know, um, or just help her through the process. He locked her away. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, you know, is going to be interesting to explore the rest of this um, season. I, I think that we're definitely going to see them together again. It'll be interesting, you know, like, like you mentioned when, Vanya's having these dreams, you know, now that she's seen Luther, that's kind of triggered something in her head and she's kind of getting these flashbacks in her head um, that we're going to see them together again. And it's going to be interesting, you know, to kind of see where they kind of, how they come together a little bit and how, and how this gets worked out. And I, I like this because, or like this from Luther, because, you know, he, seems so immature in the first season. Yeah. And I think that was part of the problem that I had with him in, in the season, not just the whole him and Allison thing. It was really just, you know, how immature that he was um, with, with how he, he handled some situations. And I thought that this was a moment for him. And I liked that. It seemed yeah. like a moment of growth and, you know, definitely complicated with all of those siblings. They all have these complicated relationships and, um, I, I really enjoy watching that play out here on the show. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. That's my number one. Cool. And yeah, Just I'm glad that you, <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that, you know, part up again, because I did have a kind of a question for you. I wonder is, I mean, I think, yeah, once he realized the amnesia was real, that it definitely affected him in a way that he was not expecting that, that conversation to go. And yeah. because, yeah, you mentioned he brought the gun and I was kind of wondering, what were his intentions? Do you think he brought it? Was he planning on killing Vanya or was he just planning on having it as self-defense in case things went sideways? I, when I first, my first watch, I, I really thought he's going to kill her. <laughs> like, I don't know that he knew in that moment when he first saw her in the car and she locked eyes with him, but she just kind of was like, she saw him, but then just looked away. Like he was just another person on the street. Didn't really recognize him. I don't know that he bought that in the moment or mm -hmm. maybe he thought, well, she just didn't quite see me cause it's dark out or something. I think he took it to, to kill her. Like he thinks that she's dangerous. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't like thinking that mm -mm. I, I would like to think that he took it as, you know, self-defense, but I mean, really a gun against Vanya. Mm -hmm. If he was taking the self-defense, I mean, if she's not faking and she's able to like summon her powers, I don't know if she's able to do that. I mean, we've only seen, you know, she, she was able to kind of tap into that in the, in the finale of, of season one. So I don't know if she can just like, if she's learned it enough, which she hasn't because she's got amnesia and she doesn't yeah. know anything. But I mean, we, he doesn't know that, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't know that she's um, or, you know, he doesn't know yet that she's had amnesia or if she's faking it. Um, Cause if she's faking it, has she been, you know, tapping into it and learning to control it or, or learning how to use it and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, again's not going to do much against her. <laughs> if she decides to use her powers against you. Yeah. So I so. hate to think the worst of Luther, but yeah, then it makes you wonder like, were his intentions just to go over there and, and take her out yeah. if she was a problem. And I think I'd hate, yeah, again, I'd hate to think that of Luther, but if that's the case, then maybe it was 
him seeing that she does have amnesia and Harlan running out and kind of hugging onto her that that kind of saved her life in that situation. Hopefully not, but makes you wonder yeah. how to you still not really sure where to how to think about Luther, but you know where like where is he at mentally and and with everything because it's still you know you start to like him a little more, but you still really don't know. He's been through a lot. He has been through a lot, and I mean. It's it's sad to think that he could go that far with one of his own siblings. Um, that, but I I really think that he would. S- I think he could almost see sacrificing her is for the the greater good. Yeah, he's one of those because even in the first season, he was the one leading the the conversation on killing Grace, mm-hmm. on killing their mom. That was his idea. That was his. Now Diego ended up being the one to do it, but he was the the detractor Diego was the one that didn't want to do it and then decided it had to be done and he was the one that had to do it but Luther was the one leading that charge on we should do it so we've seen that maybe he is capable of making those decisions or at least having those conversations with himself and with others yeah yeah I I I, that's why I think he he would possibly have that on his mind maybe he didn't know maybe we'll get that answer in another episode maybe he didn't quite know you know it it doesn't seem maybe out of character for him to have a gun around if he's being a bodyguard or whatever you want to call it for a gangster like jack ruby (laughs) so i mean maybe that's just second nature for him now to have a gun around or something and, and to maybe have it for protection but i i really think that if he thought that vanya wasn't faking her amnesia that he he would take her out in order to prevent like another apocalyptic event or something if he thought that it was going to stop that and stop lives from from being lost and like an end of the world situation i mean it was like the whole world really ended you know mm-hmm. when when they left the um season one that present time so i i, I think that's typically his mindset so i don't know i kind that's why i kind of think he, he would lean towards that, but it could have been for protection. But again, if, if he's thinking, Oh, again, it's going to protect me from this superpowers that she has. <laughs> and he was, he was, I think mistaken. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like you said, he just didn't, he didn't know what his intentions were. He just had to, yeah. had to see her. Exactly. That was, mm-hmm. that was good. Anything else on your top five? Uh, that is it on top five. What you got for notes? Um, notes. Again, I mentioned that I did write down most of the music that I could find that was awesome. in this episode because I remember last week kind of talking about like, maybe we should have a little segment on that. So We should. So, you are the music man, Peg. All right. Got. So the four, <laughs> the four songs that I have that were kind of main songs that were used, of course, at the beginning, which is why I made that, uh, <laughs> that stupid joke, but... Yeah, is uh, when the Handler's returning into the commission, we get Perry Como's Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, the magic song, mm-hmm. which was an interesting uh, choice. <laughs> but that's what put that in my head. I was like, she's alive, Bibbidi Bobbidi. Bullshit. That's where I was at. Yeah. Um, yeah. That song was playing as I made it. <laughs> yeah. um, Stuart Crombie's Jive Me Baby is playing while Luther finds the wallet and then goes outside and finds or sees Vanya for the first time. Uh, who's that knocking by the genies is playing while Diego and Lila are in the car before five shows up. 
And then the Spencer Davis groups, I'm a man, is playing while Diego is fighting his dad at the end of the episode. So a lot of yeah, really old school, timely music that kind of goes with with the time frame that they're in, which is really cool. It is really cool. I, I like that song, I'm a Man, and thought that was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, with whenever they played that during the uh, fight with Diego and his father, because Diego has all these daddy issues. I think they're <laughs> legit. I don't think it's just stuff he spins out when he was in the in the hospital, you know, and making stuff up. I think there's some truth in in all of that. Oh, yeah. um, which I think they all probably have daddy issues. I mean, mm-hmm. he, look at what kind of father figure he was to them. Um I, I you can't blame them for having some type of father issues. <laughs> so I, I think that that was an appropriate episode, especially when when Lila teases him. Was it in this episode when she was kind of like, and so you can show your your daddy what a man, what a real man you are, what a man you are, or something yeah, like that? So, yeah, when he goes into that, you don't know who I am conversation, that was because she was still prodding him about, you do have a hero complex and you're trying to prove to your dad, that, yeah, that you're, you're capable, you're worth it. Yeah. So kind of an appropriate song choice, I think. Yeah. Wow. For, yeah. for them to be kind of fighting and just a good fun song anyway mm-hmm. but um yeah it's good yeah a few other things I just had some kind of little quotes and things that i liked but you yeah, know go ahead. first you know elliot asking you know when the when the the police call is coming out that diego and lila had escaped the asylum and he asks him you know what's that I was like oh convicts on the loose and he's listening he goes ah diego elliot just says who's diego and five's response imagine batman the name lower <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's like ah, yeah that sums it up pretty well he's like not as cool as batman but he thinks he is <laughs> i loved that line uh-huh. and then i loved klaus dropping tlc lyrics as deep inner <laughs> wisdom you know tlc lyrics from the future so you know the guy oh my god that's so deep <laughs> i'm just sitting here giggling i love klaus yes klaus so has gone on this whole apparently he is this like inspirational speaking almost cult leader prophetic guru in this world he's made a name for himself in at least some small circles he has at least one follower he has (laughs) yes oh my gosh that i love klaus yeah he's my favorite and then my only other one was just kind of on a less light note uh is we see just again the 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 times that they're in in the 60s and with civil rights and Allison's little story in this episode and having her husband arrested for her actions that she took against the man who was bothering them in last episode mm-hmm. and just how she, she wanted to use her powers so bad, but she realized it's only going to make things worse because this, these times everything is against us. And yep, yeah, it just, again, it sets up that I know we're going to see a lot of that in this season and mm-hmm. It's just that fuck racism, man. You know? <laughs> like, I know. Uh. I know. I know. It was, it's not fun to watch at all. Um, but I think it's important. I, I like that they didn't, I, I think it would be disingenuous for them to not talk about it, to have Allison, you know, who's a woman of color and being transported back into the 60s and to see what that would be like for her. Yep. And to be, to, for it to be real. Cause, you know, I, I, I don't think they should, I don't want them to focus on that. I don't think they're, and I don't think that they are, but I think it's important to, to have it in there and for it to be real because 
that's what it was like. So, mm-hmm. so I'm glad that they're they're not just like ignoring that. Yeah, I don't think that would be good. It's cool. awesome. What else? Yeah, you got anything else? I have. Well, see, I had the the quote from Five about the the Batman nice, line good. that <laughs> just tickled me i just he's got some great lines for sure you gotta love five and his endless sarcasm um and then klaus um who like you said i I don't know if i figured out yet what he what he is or what he was but he's (laughs) almost like a cult figure he's got some followers he you know it's something's happening there somebody's listening Mm -hmm. to him and he's i think made some money off of this yeah so it was his his that he it was good enough to get him to. a big mansion with a huge painting of himself so exactly <laughs> and i thought it was hilarious that he's like smashing a window and ben's like the key was under the mat and i think you knew that <laughs> still smashes the window to break in his own house um yeah really wanting to see uh what that story is yeah um, I'm looking forward to a Klaus-centric episode for sure. Um, Let's see. We talked about the handler Mm -hmm. um, and her coming back to life, which I feel like, you know, we find out, hey, she's got a metal plate in her head. Pretty sure we didn't talk about that before, but I guess anything to, I guess they wanted to bring her back. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how they chose to do that. Um, a, a couple of, um, maybe I have more than just a couple, um, Easter eggs All right. for this episode. So I mentioned earlier, uh, the title of this episode, uh, the Frankel footage is, I think a take on the Zapruder film mm-hmm. again, I'm probably butchering that. Um, and of course, for anyone that doesn't know, the Zapruder film is footage of the JFK assassination, which was recorded by Texas clothing manufacturer, Abraham Zapruder. It is believed to be the most complete visual documentation of the JFK assassination, and it was used by the Warren Commission that investigated the assassination. It's also become fodder for conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the reality of the Umbre- Umbrella Academy, the Frankel footage is what Hazel, um, as we talked about, um, slipped into Five's pocket before he died. And it documents JFK's motorcade from the perspective of Dan and Ethel Frankel on Dealey Plaza. Uh, the Frankel footage uncovers none other than Reginald Hargreaves uh, holding an umbrella on the grassy knoll. So interestingly, because he's, you know, that's kind of a focus and Diego calls that out, you know, him, him holding an umbrella on a sunny Dallas day. So the umbrella man, umbrella man is a real figure in the complicated lore of the JFK assassination. A figure Holding a black umbrella appears in the Zapruder film and at one point spins his umbrella as the president's motorcade passes by. And this leads to theories that, among other things, the umbrella man was a CIA plant who signaled to Lee Harvey Oswald via his umbrella to fire the fatal shots. Wow, in reality, what a connection. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so, oh man. <laughs> I know, right? Um in reality, the Umbrella Man was discovered to be Louis Stephen Witt in 1978. Witt said he bought the umbrella to the motorcade to heckle Kennedy. Kennedy's father, Joe, had been a fan of Nazi-appeasing British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. A black, a black umbrella was Chamberlain's trademark accessory. So there was an explanation for that. But there, like I said, there, there's so many conspiracy theories and so many. Oh, um, yeah different ways but it's it's interesting how they were able to take a figure like reginald hargreaves uh who 
is kind of infamous for his umbrella or having his umbrella. He he's has all these umbrella factories, has these children and calls and has them in what he calls the umbrella Academy um, to, you know, to kind of, and then tie that into the JFK assassination. <laughs> Something that, man. One of the conspiracy theories actually did was tied to an umbrella man. That's, um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the conspiracies are a big thing. Cause I've, like I said, I don't live too far from that area. So, I mean, I spend time in Dallas and, I've been to that area and to that street and to those, and there's still people down there who are handing out flyers and trying to speak about their conspiracy theories and giving tours that, you know, of certain spots and areas that, you know, Oh, but these aren't the official things that people are going to tell you. We're going to give you the real scoop on. It's still exactly. such a big thing in that area. <laughs> it is, it is. And it's, it's everywhere. And you can, just really go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. when you start looking that stuff up. Like I said, I've been over the years, just, you know, fascinated um, and read so many, I'm sure I haven't read anything because this was new to me. I had not heard of the umbrella man connection at all um, in that story. I'm just That's sure crazy. there's so many I haven't heard about, but yeah, um, there was um, another one. They kind of talked about when they said um, five tells Luther, well, it finally happened that gorilla DNA took over your mind um, which confirms that Reginald did use gorilla DNA to save Luther's life after mm-hmm. a mission had went wrong. And um, let's see, then we talked about the note there with Five's line in Batman. Uh, when Klaus meets one of his old followers in a holding cell, um, which we talked about, the follower asks for words of wisdom. <laughs> oh, you just talked about that. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah. Um, stick to the lakes, <laughs> the trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In case y'all didn't recognize that, yes, that was a TLC song. Um, It's it's the way he delivers it because it's not sing-song. It's just that don't go chasing waterfalls. (laughs) Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. (laughs) So wise, Uh. Klaus. So wise. Of course he's a prophet. Yeah. So all the children of the prophet have hello and goodbye tattooed or scribbled on either palm. This Mm -hmm. is in reference to Klaus's tattoos of the same nature in the comics, Klaus's call sign. And I hope this isn't spoilery for anyone. I haven't read the comics and I don't think it's spoilery, Um, but in the comics, Klaus's call sign is the seance and those tattoos mimic the setup of most Ouija board, uh, most Ouija boards. Okay. Yeah. I see that. if you're familiar with a Ouija board, which I don't encourage anyone to go near one, <laughs> but if, if you have, or if you've seen a picture of one and you know that there's the hello and the goodbye um, on them. Um, Reginald Hargreaves owns DS Umbrella in Dallas, and we see him open that business in the enigmatic opener of the Umbrella Academy season one's final episode. Uh, that episode also seemed to suggest that he's an alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then we talk about five and the invitation that you were talking about, um, the invitation to Hargreaves from the consulate of Mexico and one Mr. Hoyt Hillencotter, probably mispronouncing that Roscoe Henry Hillencotter was the first director of the CIA in real life. Okay, cool. (laughs) Some more little fun tidbits for you. That's good because I knew that's I'm, that's why I wrote that, you know, jotted what that note mm-hmm. said because I was like, there's got to be something in there. There's a lot of they're throwing a lot of these historical Easter eggs and tidbits in, so I got to start looking for those for sure. 
I know that was that was exhausting. Um, <laughs> getting all that, and that was a yeah. lot of information. Um, I was looking yeah. at something to make sure, and because uh, I was thinking, you know, you mentioned Klaus's tattoos, which I'm sure it has nothing to do with this. But I just I went down this little hole in my head while listening to you. Also, I was like, but what if you know? Because when I think "Hello Goodbye," I didn't think of the uh, Ouija board, which makes sense. But I think of the Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan, and that is such a great song, "Hello Goodbye." Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, when was that song recorded? And I was like, 67. Mm, what if one of the Beatles runs into Klaus through all of his stuff? And that was their inspiration for that. Inspiration. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, you just don't know what they're... I mean, he's throwing out lyrics to TLC. Mm-hmm. So who knows what this dude's going to write or how many people he's told that. And that leads to that song. I could totally see it happening later this season. He runs into one of the Beatles and knowing the music just looks at him and raises his hands, you know, (laughs) you say hello. (laughs) Gosh, I love the Beatles, man. (laughs) Love the Beatles. Now I, now I gotta go listen to some after we're done recording. Um, yeah, fun little tidbits. Hopefully we'll have some more fun, interesting Easter eggs and little historical facts and how some little things from the show kind of tie into like actual things that, you know, really happened or figures um, in history. That's super fun. Um, okay, that's all my notes. Do you have anything else you wanted to think say? That, that is it. That's what I've got. S- sweet. Well, we have uh, one person that submitted some listener feedback this week. This is always my favorite part um, of the podcast. So I'll go ahead and read this one while I've got it up. Um, So this one is from Daphne Backman. She says, another great episode. Who the heck are the three assassins? They're the Swedes. That's it. (laughs) Does that tell you everything you want to know? (laughs) We need more answers. That's for sure. (laughs) Everything's answered there. Good. (laughs) Yep, that's it. There you go. Um, She goes on, watching Klaus and Ben's adventures is magical. I love how Ben is his own ghost, meaning he isn't letting Klaus boss him around. I also like seeing Allison as a strong, independent woman in the 1960s setting. It's fun watching five work to bring the siblings all back together without much success. The handler is alive and Promoted to working five's old desk. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, mm-hmm. did we? Kate Walsh is brilliant on this show and her scenes with AJ the talking fish in a tank in place of a proper head and going to what looks like an old typing pool were perfect. She's had her comeuppance, but I suspect she's going to bounce back quickly. I want to dislike her, but she's so fierce. <laughs> Reginald Hargreaves is an enigma, further proven by his presence at Kennedy's assassination. It's also clear that he has no emotional attachment to his, quote, children. Poor Diego. I'm still so excited to see where we go next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only thing I can say to that, I guess, is I, w- I wouldn't see why he'd have emotional attachment to somebody who has no idea who they are back in the past. Mm-hmm. But again, we also... With time travel, who knows what Hargreaves were seeing? So maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and I have to believe that it is Hargreaves. I mean, it seems pretty obvious um, that it is the Hargreaves from you know the sixties. Yeah, um, and that he doesn't know his children or wouldn't know them. Standing, yeah. I mean, there Diego was standing right from he. I don't believe for I don't I don't believe that he knew who he was. So, okay. Thank you, Daphne, so much for that feedback. That was great. Um, Now we do have a couple of voice messages. 
always great um, and fun to get these. The first one that we have is from our good friend, Anwen. Hi, Rima and Paik. It's Anwen here. I'm so happy to be back watching Umbrella Academy with you guys. And I'm really loving the season so far. I just love this last episode, how they are kind of meeting up again fairly quickly. There was that first episode to set up what they'd each been doing over the time that they've been apart and then it's not too dragged out. I do hate it when TV shows play for a long time without people meeting up and they just miss each other. It's really frustrating. I like how they found each found their niche um, during their time apart. Luther as a bodyguard and Alison as an activist. But the funniest one for me was Klaus as a guru. It suits him so well and I can just imagine him stumbling on the idea. I'm in the 60s, I'll just go to California, take a whole lot of drugs and become a guru. <laughs> his line about chasing waterfalls was hilarious. And do you think all of his teachings as a guru are lyrics from 80s and 90s songs? I think that would be absolutely so. hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, Thank thanks you. again for your amazing work. And I look forward to seeing what you think about the rest of the season. Bye. Thank oh. you, Anwen. <laughs> thanks, Anwen. I love hearing from her so much. She's so great. Um, and I've missed her greatly. I know she's um, busy with life and, and things that get in the way and we don't get to hear from her as often but um always always great so thank you Anwen, so much for reaching out yeah i'm excited to see that as well and it would be absolutely hilarious if all of klaus's um prophesizing or words of wisdom were songs of 80s and the 90s i'll die yeah. i'll just i just won't be able to handle that it'd be amazing though uh yeah absolutely <laughs> amazing um next voice message we have is from our good friend steve Hello, Riemann Paik. This is Steve. Uh, this is for the Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 2, the Frankel footage. Uh, just, I've only watched it once, and I just watched the, the cold open again uh, because it's so great seeing uh, the fate of the handler after the, fir the first season. And uh, it was, <laughs> it really was amazing to me because I'm rewatching the TV show Justified, and there's an episode in season one of that show where a character gets shot in the head and then uh, he doesn't immediately die and one of the other characters mentions the fact that JFK was shot in the head and lived for several hours afterwards, albeit his was with expert medical attention. So I thought it was interesting, just it, I'm sure they had nothing to do with each other, but it is kind of interesting that uh, the handler is shot in the head and she uh, she mentions as she walks into the office that she had a metal plate in her head that, that uh, uh, saved her due to the Shanghai job. So I thought that was, that was kind of cool. Just one of those little kind of coincidental things that happened with the, uh, another show that I happen to be watching right now. Um, the only other thing I'll, I'll share uh, right now, and uh, I, I can't wait to podcast on this with Mark because I'm loving this season uh, really, really. And I, I'm loving hearing everybody else's thoughts on it as well. So I can't wait to hear your thoughts on, on this episode and the first episode as well. Um, I, I'm a little disappointed, though, because I remember sending in a voicemail. I think it was to you guys. Uh, Latin during the first season about I love the clever way they did the title cards for the Umbrella Academy for each episode that it was a little different like sometimes it was in a billboard sometimes it was on a book or it was you know it, it, the title card just kind of showed the Umbrella Academy in a different way each time
time. Uh, but so far this season, at least these first two episodes, all we get is just a very simple, and it's a cool font, but we get just a simple The Umbrella Academy over top of the scene. All right, uh, talk to you later. Oh man, I forgot about those title cards. Yeah. That was a fun part. That was a note that I had on the first episode last week that we didn't mention was it was done in like a very like old school, you know, TV show quality, you know, presented by, you know, kind of thing. It was cool. And then if I remember right, I mean, because the the title card with this episode did kind of have something to do with uh, Five's name tag or like nameplate being thrown at Herb. But was it just like imposed over that with the Mr. Five on there or hmm. I don't remember exactly. Maybe we'll have to keep watching and see if maybe they're trying to be a little bit more creative about if they're still trying to incorporate something similar to that um, without being very explicit with the with the title cards like they were. I forgot about that. See, it's what happens when you don't go back and rewatch. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was really great feedback, Steve. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that left feedback. Always great to hear from you guys um, every week and to hear everyone's different perspectives and thoughts. And and Steve, I hope you saved something for the podcast. I appreciate (laughs) you writing in and letting us know what you thought, but I hope you saved some. (laughs) Don't don't give us all your good stuff. Save it for for your podcast. (laughs) But thank you (laughs) so much for, for taking the time. Um, everyone. Um, it's always thrilling to get different perspectives and I learn so much from everyone. Um, all right. So next week we'll be covering season two, episode three from the umbrella Academy called the Swedish job. Oh man. So I didn't put down the description cause I don't want to be spoiled, <laughs> but I'm guessing it has something to do with the Swedes yeah. is my guess. <laughs> so there's going to be some, some violence and tension. I'm going to assume. And maybe some weird stuff. <laughs> I'll take the violence over the tidy whities if they will not give anyone in their tidy whities anymore. <laughs> and it's just a full episode of them in their underwear cooking. That's <laughs> <laughs> which you know, they don't talk, but that one guy, I don't know if he's the leader. I don't know if they have a leader, but the one guy who was in a tidy whities, I like his facial expressions. He he has like you know, the way that they kind of communicate with each other and the looks they give each other, the looks he gives other people, um, is still kind of interesting. So I don't know. They're they're an odd group and definitely yeah. a very violent group for sure. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see what that episode's all about. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, we are excited for you to follow us through time, but until then you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. Yeah. I need some more followers guys. Maybe I should, I, I haven't posted. I'm really behind on my posting. I, I really suck right now at that, but give me a couple more follows guys. Uh, make my day, will ya? Um, and at that, you can also email us, um, you know, and email us a voice message if you like, like Anwen did and Steve often does. I love hearing your lovely voices. So yes. you can send those to strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Yeah, please do. Be nice. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And Derek Whitfeld is strange indeed.